Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? A tongue twister is a group of words that are hard to say together in a sequence. They usually have the same sounding consonants. So when you do try to say the words in order, the pronunciation comes out all wrong. Tongue twisters are a fun and great way to practice your articulation and your pronunciation. Think of them as a literacy workout. They challenge our capacity to enunciate the individual sounds in each word so we don't trip up and force us to pay careful attention to the precise sounds in each word. So join us today in this fun lesson where Ethan and I are put to the test and where you can also practice these elements of your English. Yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, thinking of your goals for 2022, or even at the hairdressers. I'm joined here in the virtual Barcelona studio. It's good to be back with the one and only Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? It's going really well, thanks. Glad to be back. We haven't recorded a podcast for a little while now, so um, yeah, I'm excited. It feels like it's been ages for sure, so today's is going to be a lot of fun, and definitely it'll wake us up a little bit. We're in the new year, so we all need to figure it out a little bit, as I said, what our goals are for the year and do some planning and stuff to make sure that we can achieve them and make it one of the best years ever. But before we get into this fun and practical podcast lesson, we have a shout out to a very special listener and app user. Yeah, so today's shout out comes from Victoria and she says, OMG, I'm so grateful for your app, guys. It's definitely a fantastic application for people who want to improve their communication, boost confidence and motivation to learn, communicate and reinvigorate their energy to finally become fluent speakers. I really appreciate your work and hope that most of the people here enjoy using the app, which allows to enhance consistency, grit, perseverance, and passion towards learning a language. Definitely cool, fresh content. Thanks. That was an amazing review, Victoria. Thanks so much. It's great to hear that you are taking your English and your life to the next level with the app. And if you want us to shout you out, and you haven't used the app yet, what are you waiting for? It's a great way to take your listening to the next level with this podcast because you get the full transcript, you get the vocabulary definitions, and then you can go and have a conversation with another person, learn about other cultures, make new friends, and do it all through your English. So if you enjoy it, then leave us a five-star review and we can shout you out too. And we're about to get into our main topic all about tongue twisters, but first we have a fun fact related to today's lesson. Yeah, so today I thought it would be quite fun to share a fact about tongue twisters because really we wonder like where, when did they all start? Like what's the history behind tongue twisters? So I did a little bit of research on this and I found out that the famous 
seashell tongue twister dates back to 19th century England. Were you aware of that, Ethan? I was not. I didn't even know that tongue twisters have history to them. I thought it was just kind of a poetic sort of thing that someone put together, combining a bunch of words with similar sounds. So it's really interesting that this one actually has a dose of history within it. Yeah, so it's the tongue twister. She sells seashells on the seashore. I mean, there's an extended version as well, but I don't know if it's going to feature later on in our challenge, so I won't read all (laughs) of it just in case. But it's about a woman called Mary Anning, and she used to collect shells and fossils on the beach to sell to wealthy families and make money for her own family. Now, while the tongue twister became really famous, we should actually think of Mary a little bit more because she became quite famous herself because she actually discovered the first flying dinosaur, which is displayed in the British Museum. That's really fascinating. So she was just selling shells and fossils and she actually found a fossil that was the first of something, I suppose, like a pterodactyl or something like that, right? Yeah. And I had no idea about this either. Like we've been saying this tongue twister. I remember saying it when I was a kid and everything. And I never imagined that it was based on a real person. So I thought it would be quite fun to share that fact today. And a great tongue twister to practice the s and sh sounds if anyone has any difficulty with that. Uh, just the last thing is collecting shells a popular pastime in the UK, would you say? Yeah, I think... I mean, I'm not sure how many people do it in the UK. I don't go to the beach much there, but lots of people do. But certainly when we would go on now summer holidays, um, as a kid as well, I used to love going, walking along the beach and looking for seashells and collecting them, even taking them back and like displaying them in my room somewhere. Or I know lots of people would collect them and maybe have a jar of seashells as a decorative item somewhere. How about you? Yeah, the same. When I was a kid, we went to Mexico a lot. And coming from Colorado, which is in the mountains, we don't have a beach. And so you don't find shells. For me, it was the same thing that we always loved to walk on the beach and collect shells. But here in Barcelona, I don't know if it's the Mediterranean, we don't really have many seashells. You don't find many here on the beach. But when I went to, um, I guess it was 2019, went to Southwest France, which I think would be on the same body of water as as the UK is, as, as England is. There were tons and tons of shells, so I I even did some collecting there, and I still have some here in my apartment. Oh, nice. So enough about seashells. Maybe we should get into today's main topic, helping people to improve their articulation. Hey there, Real Lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live learn, and even speak English in the real world. So how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders talk show, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. 
Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com slash app. That's A-P-P. Or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah. All right, so Nia from our team, who some of you may have heard the podcast with her a couple episodes ago, she prepared for us a document that has these tongue twisters on it. So for Andrea and I, it's a complete surprise. So for each tongue twister, we have some images. We're going to try to guess what the tongue twister is. Maybe we'll already know some of them. And then we'll actually reveal the tongue twister and we'll try to say it ourselves. But we really recommend that you even pause and try to say it along with us to practice your own challenge yourself and really get your muscles of articulation working out. Um, So I guess I'll go first, right? Yep. I think that one's for you. So I have here what looks like a gladiator, a scared person and beer. (laughs) I have no idea what a tongue twister is going to be. Do you have any ideas? No, I don't know this one either. I have no idea which one it could be. I wonder if we've heard of it. All right, let's give a... I wonder if any of the people listening can guess. Let's give a big reveal. Okay, I didn't didn't know this one. This is a first for me. Rory the Warrior and Roger the Warrior were reared wrongly in a rural brewery. Oh, wow. Rory the Warrior and Roger the Warrior were reared wrongly in a rural brewery. That is pretty difficult to say. (laughs) So there's two words here that I bet sound really similar for people because they even sound pretty similar for me. Warrior and Warrior. So what's a warrior and what's a warrior, Andrea? Yeah, so the first one with an A, the warrior, is like a fighter. It's another, I guess that's why there's the gladiator there. Mm -hmm. And a warrior with an O is someone that worries a lot. That, you know, is, yeah, preoccupied with their thoughts and, yeah, gets stressed about things. Mm -hmm. Right, and their names are Rory, Rory the warrior, and Roger the worrier. How would you say this? Because there's a lot of R's in here. So it might sound a little bit yeah. different with the British accent. Um, okay. So I would say Rory the warrior and Roger the warrior were reared wrongly in a rural brewery. <laughs> brewery. <laughs> that was quite hard to say. <laughs> rural brewery is really difficult. Yeah. I think because the, um, I pronounce all the R's as well because they're followed by a vowel. So... Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. this one's quite tricky to say, isn't it? It's all those R sounds and the W, the W and the R. So you can end up mixing them up. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think rural is like one of the most difficult words for learners to pronounce from a lot of different languages. Um, so this, I think this is a great tongue twister too for like Spanish speakers, for example, Portuguese speakers that you don't have that R sound that we have in English in both British and American English, right? To practice that so that you're not saying it like the tap R that you have in, in many languages. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Or the French speakers that might do it like more like a, th- a throaty R. So like any languages like that, practice your your English R's. 
Yeah. And I haven't heard of this one before, but it's definitely a tough one. So mm-hmm. we've started off with a with a pretty tough one. I guess that's why there's an instruction here that says, say it once as fast as you can. Because <laughs> I wonder if maybe others will have to say a few times consecutively. But I think right. you did a really good job on that one. Well, thank you. <laughs> we have to put all these on the show notes as well, which you'll find linked in the description of this episode or at reallifeglobal.com so that you can actually see these because I know there's some difficult words in there that when we're saying it fast, maybe you might not catch them. So those will be over there. And of course, you could see them if you're not listening to this on the Real Life English app. If you listen to it there, then you'll be seeing them with the interactive transcripts so you can follow along, which might be really helpful. That said, Andrea, it's time for you to be in the hot seat with the next one. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, there are shells here, which makes me think of the seashells one. However, I don't know, are these maybe cockles or I'm not sure. I'd say they're clams. Clams. Yeah, so maybe it's a different one that I haven't heard of. What are you thinking? Do you know this one? I don't know. I was thinking of the expression. We have the expression happy as a clam right? Which is a bit of a strange, mm-hmm. I've always found that to be a strange expression, which means you're really happy, right? Because I would yeah. never think of clams as being very happy. Or I thought of, um, there's like the Alice in Wonderland, the classic Disney, that there's that there's like the walrus tricking the clams, right? Oh, don't I don't remember, remember that, that part. Yeah. Mm. Let's see what it is. I'm not sure. Oh, it is to do with clams. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's Ooh, give it a another, go. Another difficult one for the R's. <laughs> How can a clam cram in a clean cream can? Okay, I'm going to have to say that again. A bit faster. How can a clam cram in a clean... Blech, I can't say it. How can a clam <laughs> cram in a clean cream can? <laughs> yeah, that, wow. is, that is a challenging one. Especially, I imagine for people, I believe it'd be like most Eastern Asian languages that have trouble with the LR. That's mm-hmm. a, probably a really good one to practice because you have like clean and cream and clam and cram which are, um, would be like minimal pairs because they, they share, they're, they're pretty much the same words, just with one one letter changed out or one sound changed out. So how can a clam cram in a clean cream can? Oh, you said that really fast. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I had your lead to follow. <laughs> but yeah, that one's tricky, like you said, with the L and the R there. Mm-hmm. And the can, cram, can, clam, cram, all those those similar sounds, right? Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the next one? Mm-hmm. Well, this looks like it comes from ancient Greece of some sort. There's a, a woman running and then it looks like the ruins of like some Greek, would it be Greek or Roman, ancient Roman? Yeah. Initially I thought Greek as well, but it could be Roman. There's like a column there. It looks part partly like the Parthenon in a sense. Mm-hmm. Running to the fallen Parthenon. This is another one that we don't know. And it says, say yeah. it three times fast. So I imagine it's going to be a shorter one. Let's see. Ah. Did not know this one. Roberta ran rings around the Roman ruins. Roberta ran rings around the Roman ruins. Roberta <laughs> ran rings around the Roman ruins. That's hard to say. Roman ruins. Roman ruins. Wow. Yeah, I haven't heard this one either, but it's really tricky with the R again, isn't it? It is, yeah. We've got a lot of R ones today for all the all mm. those people who have languages that don't have that sound. But this is a, definitely a first one for me. So they were Roman ruins, I suppose. Yeah. Let me try and say it. Roberta ran rings around the Roman ruins. 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 Okay. You did better than I did. Yeah, that, that one I didn't find 
as tricky, but definitely Roman ruins. That's the bit where mm. you really have to concentrate, I think. Yeah. If right. you concentrate really carefully and really use your muscles, your <laughs> mouth, <laughs> you can get it out. <laughs> and do you say, do we say that last word different? Do you say ruins or ruins? Ruins. Ruins. Okay. So it'd be the same. I think some accents say that ruins, like with a long E sound. Hmm. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real-life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. Your turn again. Okay. So something to do with hearing here because hearing there's an image of an ear and then two guys like trying to listen <laughs> with their hand behind their ears. I'm not sure what this one is. There's like a Dr. Seuss book called, uh, what is it? Horace Hears a Who or something like that, which is also a bit of a, a tongue twister. Okay, let's see. Ah, to do with an ear. I have seen this one before. Oh, this is going to be but tricky again with the R, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have to say it three times fast, so... Let me say it once, just because I've never heard of it. <laughs> Let me say it just to see what it sounds like. So, near an ear, a nearer ear, a nearly eerie ear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> near an ear, a nearer ear, a nearly eerie ear. Near an ear, a nearer ear, a nearly eerie ear. Near an ear, a nearie... Oh, no. I messed up on the last one. <laughs> So it gets harder. Near an ear, nearer ear, a nearly eerie ear. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of the same sound, right? The ear ear and ear and near an ear a near ear, a nearly eerie ear. Near an ear, a nearer ear, a nearly eerie ear. Near an ear, a nearer ear, a nearly eerie ear. I do feel we do pronounce it a bit differently, and I feel like this one is harder with the American accent. Do you think? Maybe it's I don't know. Because you have more like um what would you call that? Like the silent R there. But yes, I think that's what it is here because a lot of the R's are at the end of the word. So we don't mm-hmm. really pronounce it so much. Whereas you still do. It's like the rhotic and the non-rhotic. When it's at the end of the word and it's followed by a vowel, you wouldn't pronounce it. You wouldn't say near and near. Or do you say near? Ah, uh, yeah, that's near, true. Near. Yeah, that's where it's difficult, is because it links on to the next. Mm. The next word, which which is a which is a vowel, it's uh so near and near, so I do yeah, but I, th- I still feel there's a slight difference there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 
That's that one's a really difficult one. Hopefully the next ones aren't just with R. Need to practice some more some more sounds. So the next one, uh, we don't have how many times we're supposed to say it. I think this is a hard one. I think uh, I, I don't I don't know this one. Like I wouldn't be able to recall it, but I've heard of this one. The six so there's six sheeps and like the sixth sheep is highlighted, which that's already hard to say, sixth sheep, right? Yeah. That's, I guess the TH and then the sh sound right after, right together is kind of challenging. And I'm not sure what the man is. I mean, he's, he's wearing like a, what would you call that? Um, um I think it's a shake maybe. Mm, a shake. And it looks like the shake and the sheep are sick or something. They're green and both mm -hmm. their mouths are open. The, the sheep's tongue is out. And then there's six shakes and a sixth shake is highlighted. Oh my god, know. it already sounds really hard. Good luck. <laughs> Let's see what it is. Okay. The sixth six shakes, sixth sh sheep sick. <laughs> okay, well, it's not with ours. The sixth, the sixth six sheeks, six sheeps sh sick. So it's a shake or, sh or sheik? That's that interesting. Word. How do you pronounce it? We would say shake in English. I thought it was shake, but English. I could be, mm. it's not a word that I encounter very often, so... I'd be curious to, just to know the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, so in American pronunciation, it is shake. So that was me mistaken. So the six, six, shake, six, that's really hard to say. Shake sixth. The six, six, shake, sixth, sheep, sick. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'll attempt it, it because I think it's only fair. I don't think I'm going to be able to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the hardest one. Okay. The sixth six shakes sixth sheep's sick. Yeah. This one definitely will take a lot more practice, but I think with doing so it's possible. Mm -hmm. That's good though, too, for that like the the sixth sheep or the sixth sixth sick to practice that um that TH a lot because mm. you really have to focus on it in order to transition from the th to s or th to sh right sounds. So yeah. that TH sound to the S sound and this TH sound to the SH sound, that's really challenging. Definitely. I think, yeah, it's it's those those sounds, the sh, the the k, the x. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's a lot of really hard sounds, right? Yeah, it's so short, but it's really tough. Sixth six sheiks. No, the sixth six shakes, sixth sheep's sick. If you do a pause there between shakes and six, maybe it's a little bit easier. Yeah. All right, I'm excited for your last one. I hope it's as difficult as that one was because that wasn't really <laughs> put me at a disadvantage there. Okay, so I'm not sure what this one is. So there's like a little boy with a book and he's thinking about some animals. So there's a thought mm -hmm. bubble with some different jungle animals there. Um, I don't think I've heard of this one. Have you? Um I don't know. I could just think of like the Jungle Book or something like that. Mowgli. Mowgli, yeah. the guy from the Jungle Book. Maybe it has something to do with that. Oh, yeah. There's a bear there as well. So it's not just jungle animals and a crocodile. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's have a look. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is really hard as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a hard one to find a photo for as well. Yeah. Okay. Imagine an imaginary menagerie manager managing an imaginary menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are very philosophical, aren't they? 
the yeah. like <laughs> mind puzzles to to understand what they're saying exactly. What is a menagerie? That's like a pretty obscure word in English, isn't it? A menagerie is a place for keeping a collection of wild animals. I guess that's why the picture shows all those wild animals. Mm-hmm. It sounds a bit like a zoo, right? Or something. Yeah, a type of zoo, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it it also reminds me of, I can't remember who wrote it, but there is a book called The Glass Menagerie, I think, isn't there? I think, was it Tennessee Williams, I think, wrote um, uh, a play be. called The Glass mm-hmm. Menagerie. That's interesting, yeah, because I, I haven't read it. I don't know what it's about, but it, it makes sense. I can imagine it's to do with something like that. And it's one of those words that sounds very French, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is saying, imagine an imaginary menagerie manager. So it's like thinking about an imaginary zoo manager that's managing an imaginary zoo, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't make a lot of sense, but imagine an imaginary menagerie. That's a really hard word to say too, menagerie. Imagine Mm. an imaginary menagerie manager managing an imaginary menagerie. Mm, You said it good that time. (laughs) (laughs) Once you get down the word menagerie right yeah it is a nice word menagerie menagerie yeah (laughs) and imagine imaginary menagerie is kind of because they share a lot of the same sounds right imaginary menagerie yeah imaginary menagerie nice i learned a lot of new tongue twisters today (laughs) i did too yeah i think there was only one maybe that i'd heard of once the the one the eerie ear one but the rest of them were all new for me so hopefully, dear listener, you've gotten lots of pronunciation practice. Recommend you check out the show notes, or if you're listening on the app, go back and practice them over and over again. Get your pronunciation and try to get as close as, when we do it well, try to get as close to that as possible. <laughs> There's maybe some, some examples of what you don't want to do in there. And thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. One, two, three. Aww, uh, yeah. yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.